is Pull Yourself Together with E. Shaver Booksellers. Hello, I'm Jessica, a lifelong lover of books, wide-ranging reader, fan of obscure British literature, all things Douglas Adams, long sentences, music biographies, the Oxford comma, always up for travel, except during COVID, and of course, Jane Austen. And I'm Melissa, an eclectic bibliophile and all-around nerd who also loves Jane Austen, comics, and cooking. Together, we run an independent bookstore in Savannah, Georgia. Each episode, we discuss the books we've been reading and recommend. Well, hello, everyone. So we're back from hiatus over the holidays, um, starting a a new year of of podcasting. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, So we were super busy over the holidays, which we appreciate more than we can tell you. Um, It was wonderful. I mean, wonderful in a COVID way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to couch that in a 20... 2020 and 2021 way, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the weirdest of times. <laughs> um, Jessica and I have uh, been joking about um, our business model. And if you had asked us in 2019 how we thought our holiday season would go and how we would approach our holiday season, it was nothing um, like what we did this year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lock the doors. And only let six people in at a time. Well, first we're going to let 12 in, and then we're going to close for a week, and then we're going to change our strategy, <laughs> and we're going to let six in at a time, and we're going to harass them the whole time they're in the store yeah. to make sure they're being safe. Yeah, so not what what we intended, um, but people are being very, very supportive. Uh, wonderful, um, yes. Yeah, every time we look at our door and see people standing in line to come into an independent bookstore, it kind of warms the cockles of our little bookselling hearts. It does, <laughs> and, and brings a tear to the eye oftentimes. Yeah. Um, yes, at one point over the holiday season, I remember someone being particularly kind, and I, I just had to stop them because I was going to start crying. So Yeah. Yeah. So while it's been difficult, and I know it's been difficult for everyone, everyone. in all facets of their life, um, while it's been difficult, it has definitely um, made us even more appreciative of the people who shop at our store and readers in general. And yeah, so just keep being yeah. awesome. Yes, <laughs> and especially our local community who really has stepped up recently, and, and we appreciate that so much. Um, it's wonderful. We're here for you, and you're here for us, and, and it, it, yes. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get uh, maudlin and weepy. So yes. let's... Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's uh, get back to books and mm-hmm. do what we do best. Um, so since we last spoke, yes. which has been about a month at this point... Um, We've read some books. A few. Um, Yeah. yeah, One of us has been particularly distracted, so has not read quite as many (laughs) books. Um, Well, one of us has had some work being done at her house, and that makes things a little more difficult. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to jump in. Um, So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is called All Systems Read, Mm -hmm. and it's by Martha Wells. Um, and it's a novella, and it's the first in the modern, modder, no, it's the first in the murder <laughs> bot diaries, say that quickly. Um, and this is put out by our friends at Tor. Again, mm-hmm. anyone who's listened to this knows that, my God, I love me a Tor book. Yes. Um, but this is a series that um, I have kind of seen 
all over the internet. Um, on Litzy a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of love for the series on Litzy. And if you are not on Litzy um, and don't know what Litzy is, it is like Instagram and Goodreads had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very cool bookish community that I actually, even working in books, I find out a lot about new books or books that I didn't know by being on Litzy. So if you are on Litzy, find me. Let's be friends. If you're not on Litzy, you should be. All the cool kids are. Um, anyway. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had seen the series on Litzy. And um, Litzy is not a sponsor of the no, show. No. <laughs> but perhaps they should be. Um, and I went to um, a virtual conference for the Southern Independent Booksellers Association. Like Jessica and I both went. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the rep picks uh, sessions that I went to, um, they were talking about the new book in this series, which is the sixth book, which is coming out this spring. Um, and the woman who was talking about it is not a sci-fi fan and has never really read sci-fi, mm-hmm. but everybody had been talking about this series, so she picked it up and just burned through all of them. Yes. Um, so I bought it for my husband, and he tore through them and was telling me how I need to read this series. So I did. I read the first one in it, um, and it is a story about... Murderbot. Mm-hmm. Um, Murderbot is how this droid refers to themselves. They call themselves Murderbot, but not out loud, you know, because that would freak out humans. Okay. But um, so they have an interior monologue going. Yes. So Murderbot um, is a security droid who um, has hacked its own governor module. So mm-hmm. it's not being controlled in the way that other security bots are being controlled. Um, but nobody knows that. That's just um, on the down low. And so Murderbot is a part of a mission of scientists who are doing um, tests on this planet um, that's going to be mined, possibly. So while they're on this planet, um, there's another expedition going on on the other side of the planet, and communication sort of breaks down between the two expeditions, so they go to find out why. Um, And it's interesting because... Normally, security droids and their um, details don't really have a lot of um, interaction between the humans and the droids. Mm -hmm. Um, They stay in completely separate um, parts of the compound. When they travel, they travel in different parts of the vehicle. Um, And Murderbot just wants to be left alone to watch uh, TV shows and figure (laughs) out who Murderbot is. Um, And I will say... I think that because it was a novella and it was super, super short, Mm -hmm. I don't think that I got a good sense of the characters. Okay. And so I wasn't as drawn to it as other people have been to the series. So Mm -hmm. I want to read the second one to see if that pulls me in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But... But I, I am on the fence. Okay. I'm ambivalent about the Murderbot Diaries as of right now. Okay. So we'll see. Okay. Well, interest, Well, I've read something completely different. Oh, that's usually the case. Yes. <laughs> well, um, so I, we have a humor book club at the bookshop, and this month they're doing one of my all-time favorite books. Well, well it's actually next month because we didn't oh. get the books in time to do it this month. Okay, so next <laughs> month, which will be February, yeah, February, our humor book club is doing Stella Gibbons' Cold Comfort Farm. 
which if you are not familiar with this book, you should be. I am not familiar with it. It is, um, it is, it is hilarious <laughs> and wonderful. Um, it's so the life of Stella Gibbons is interesting, and I, I don't know that much about her except she was a prolific writer and very popular in her time. And this is the only book that remains in print. Interesting. So, like, when was she writing? She was writing in nineteen in the nineteen thirties. Uh, is she British? She is indeed British. Oh, so right in your sweet spot, is it? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's uh, between the wars. Uh, obscure British literature. Only one book left in print. Who knew? But I'm not the only one who loves this book. <laughs> this is a darling of many readers, literary critics, and writers. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's been brought on the stage. Mm-hmm. There is an excellent movie, which yeah. you would really enjoy. Well, uh, so when I say I'm not familiar with it, mm-hmm. I know, like, I know of it. I knew that it existed in the world. I just not have. I have not read it yet. It is, um, well, it is a wonderful story about Flora Post, who is um, an advocate of cheerfulness and common sense. And so she is faced with a dilemma as to where she's going to live. Mm -hmm. Um, She needs to go live with some of her relatives, and she's all for fixing up and improving people. And so she... Which always goes well. Well, in this instance, (laughs) she goes out to Cold Comfort Farm, where the Stark Adders have lived, always, mm-hmm. there's always been a Stark Adder at Cold Comfort Farm. Uh, they have um, charming animals. Sure. There's fleckless, graceless, <laughs> aimless, and pointless. Oh. the cows with big business, who's the bull. <laughs> and... And I'm sorry, calling an animal pointless is just mean. <laughs> so when she gets out there, she has she has all of her relatives. She has Reuben, who's a sad kind of guy. Seth, who is an inspiring actor and loves to go to the talkies and is a great specimen of a man. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's Aunt Adadoom, who <laughs> lives pretty much in the attic and has all her meals brought to her and saw something nasty in the woodshed. Oh my. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's Elfin who dresses in sort of, um, we would call it almost woo girl wear now, <laughs> but 1930s woo girl wear. <laughs> sort of the Elfin spirit. She's always got flowy, mm-hmm. like magical fairy, like clothing on. So in my head, she's Stevie Nicks. Um, Little bit, yes, <laughs> yes. And then there's there's Amos, um, and he um, is a preacher, and he is uh, he's the famous line, "There'll be no butter in hell." <laughs> oh my! Yes, and um, yeah, it's it's just a wonderful cast of characters. And she introduces them to a little bit more of modern life. She cleans things up and washes things and is cheerful and makes suggestions like instead of cleaning the dishes with a twig, why don't you get one of those little fancy brushes with a sponge on the end? Mm. Mm -hmm. So a comedy of manners? Comedy of manners sort of making fun of all of the really dramatic literature that was taking place between the war. Okay. So if you think of sort of Jane Eyre and 
the romantic, brooding, dark farm side, mm-hmm. this is making fun of all of that. Okay. In right. so many fabulous ways. All um, right. But in a slightly more modern setting. So there is um, some level of uh, aeroplane, automobile, and, um, and modern conveniences. Certainly not at Cold Comfort Farm. No, but no. In the world at large. Okay. Yes. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. Um, it will make you laugh out loud, I think. If, if um, I guess it does have a, a particularly British sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're into that kind of thing, this is definitely the book for you. All right. All right. So, again, something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so this Christmas... Um, Macmillan um, sent me a hardcover copy of both um, Where the Light Enters by Dr. Jill Biden. That's yes. right. I said doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, Promise Me Dad, which is Joe Biden's book. Um, so I picked up Where the Light Enters because I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know a lot about our future first lady um, prior to reading it. I just knew that she was in education and was mm-hmm. a teacher. Um and so, and and she always seemed like an intelligent, supportive spouse. Um, she kind of stays out of the, yeah, out of the limelight. Um, She's I, at home taking care of the dogs, teaching school. Yeah. Um, she, uh, what I didn't realize is that she's the first um, White House spouse um, mm-hmm. to work full time while their spouse has been. Vice president. Yeah. So, yeah. So she taught full time at the community college that she's worked at um, for several years while she was the vice president's wife. And she just kind of flew under the radar there. Like, Mm -hmm. and she was, it's, it was funny because she was saying like some of her students eventually figured it out. A Mm -hmm. lot of them didn't. So where did the Secret Service hang out? Um, they made the Secret Service hang out in kind of like the student loungy sort of area that was a few doors down from where she was mm-hmm. teaching her classes, and they were unobtrusive and dressed as students and, you know, just kept it on the down low. Yeah. Um, but um, this was a really short read. Um, it gave me a really good insight into who she is and mm-hmm. kind of their family dynamic. Um, and just, there are just heartbreaking moments in it. Um, and yeah. also just amazingly successful moments for both her and her husband. But I think the takeaway from this book for me is just, um, just how supportive and how much of a family they are. Like they, mm-hmm. they discuss everything as a family. They are very family driven. Um, I love that she never refers to um, her sons as her stepchildren. Like they do not use the term step parent or stepchildren. Mm-hmm. They are, she is their mother and they are her children and just very sweet. Yeah. No, I, it's one I definitely want to pick up. Um, and I, I think it will be exciting to have her as a first lady. I think she'll be a good example. Yeah. For I think she's, women everywhere yeah she really is i mean and she's she's intelligent and driven and but very down to earth yes very much so um yeah no i look forward to all of this unfolding hopefully in a very pleasant way yes yes (laughs) oh goodness well i i am going to talk about a book that melissa and i kind of (laughs) co-read for our recent tequila mockingbird book club so 
we read classics in that in that group, and um, we try to read things that you know somehow we've missed along the way. And so we we dove into Melville this time. Oh, did we? And um, <laughs> we did uh, Billy Bud, Bartleby, and other stories. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. I will say that um, Melville is not a quick read. Um, for those of you wanting to dive into Melville, take some time. <laughs> um, and he uses um, he uses long sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them several paragraphs long um and with a lot of obscure allusions and and vocabulary (laughs) so um if you're a lover of vocabulary (laughs) this is definitely the book for you now i i will say that i was um in some areas frustrated with it Uh, i think we both particularly enjoyed bartleby yeah um we you know which we both were familiar with already the story um and there were other good moments in it um I would say my favorite takeaway that I enjoyed discussing with the group the most was Billy Bud. Um, and I think that the discussion, like Melissa and I have often said, sometimes we'll go into a book discussion not really having loved the book. Mm-hmm. And we we find out more. I mean, there's just... Uh, it, you get insight when you discuss it with other people. I feel like the best book club discussions um, are books that I don't particularly enjoy when I read them because it gives me an opportunity to see things from other people's perspectives and see it because sometimes if I'm reading something that I'm just not enjoying I just focus on the fact that I'm just not liking Mm -hmm. it and I will power through to get done with it but that's pretty much all I take away from it um and I feel like you know when other people enjoy things that I don't enjoy they it it makes me appreciate aspects of it more than I did reading it myself. Yeah, it's true. It well, I don't a- necessarily come around to liking it. I won't say I liked it, but I got more out of it after discussing it. And I would say that I I went from, you know, I do like long sentences, and I, I like writing like this as a rule. I think one of my major problems with it was that I started it too late and <laughs> and was trying to rush through it and it's nothing that you can rush through. No, it's not something that should be read on a tight time schedule. No. Like take a good two to three months if you really, really want to get through the nuances of this whole, I mean, it's something that you can definitely pick up and put down. Yeah. Cause it's um, a, it's a collection of a bunch of shorter things and there are a couple pieces in there that are longer works, mm-hmm. but I feel like if you break it down and just read a piece at a time, as opposed to trying to read like 200 pages in a sitting because you're on a deadline and haven't read the book for book club, <laughs> um, and you would probably enjoy it much more and get much more out of it. Cause I like initially when I started reading it, I started, I was taking my time and actually looking things up and mm-hmm. I made a ton of margin notes in the first two pieces in the book. Mm-hmm. But after that, I was like, I don't even care what you're, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I, um, yes, I no. it was a, it was a, it was actually a good discussion though. Mm-hmm. I think it really the was. Group, and I did get a lot out of the discussion. Um, and, I think Melville can be very funny and very insightful. Um, we're not going to get into the discussion of uh, race in there because there's a lot to parse with that more than we have time for. Yeah, um, and it's complicated because 
there are there's a school of thought that says it's, that he's writing it as satire, but there's also when you're in the moment, it just doesn't necessarily feel that way. So uh, there was that, but um, but I did appreciate. Um, I in the end, I came away with an appreciation for Melville that I did not have before, and I, I think at some point in my life, when I have more time to go back and really go through it again, um, I will. I will. I will try again. I said this was a book I probably wouldn't reread, but I think that may be a lie. I think there are parts of it that I will reread. I can say with great authority that it is not one that I will reread. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. I mean, yeah, I no. know that there. I know that there are people that love Melville, and he's just not my jam. And I'm glad to have read Melville, so mm-hmm. I know that, as opposed to just assuming that from mm-hmm. from what I knew of it. Um, but I, I do have a hundred percent. I know now that Melville is not my jam. <laughs> and I, I feel like, well, so um, Conrad and Melville are sort of my white whales, if you will. And, um, and my husband loves them and I struggle a little bit and I, I've appreciated some Conrad and um I feel like I can appreciate some Melville. Um, he does lend himself surprisingly well to being read aloud. Um, mm. So, you know. Maybe that helps you not lose your place <laughs> in the sentence that goes on forever. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yes, Billy Budd, Bartleby, and other stories. If you're looking for a journey, an odyssey, <laughs> and you love all the words. All of them. Every single one. Yep. And you want to hear the word valuedatarian used again, other than in reference to Mr. Woodhouse, mm-hmm. then this this may be the book for you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so the next thing I want to talk about is um, Broken in the Best Possible Way by Jenny Lawson. Um <laughs> I actually listened to this book on uh, Libra Offend. Jessica's laughing because I made her listen to um, a few parts of it. Where um, I laugh cried so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I love Jenny Lawson. Um, I think she's an absolute genius in her writing. Um, she manages to alternately have you crying from laughter mm-hmm. and then... in in the next moment you're just sobbing uncontrollably from listening to her talk about her struggles with mental illness. Um, and she's so honest in her writing in a way that, um, I'm not sure I've seen before and manages to talk about mental illness in a way that makes you really understand it and understand it from the perspective of someone, um, who is not dealing with these issues, who isn't dealing with depression, but understanding depression in Mm -hmm. a way that I never have before. Um, And she, I think this book, which is her third book, Mm -hmm. um, is probably the best one. And they're all fantastic, but this one is just so real and raw in some places and again so hilarious in other places it really is it's you know um furiously happy was my first encounter with her and she had me at the 
taxidermed raccoon on the front cover. Yes. I mean, what, you know, what, what doesn't say read me about that? True enough. Um, but this one, I, this is the first time I've listened to it as an mm-hmm. audiobook. Um, and I, I would not go back to just reading her books. Like the audio version is amazing. She reads them herself and it adds yes. a level to it. Yes, is just insane and fabulous and wonderful. Well, I can't, I can't wait to listen to it. I'm um, finishing up listening to another book, which Melissa and I will talk about a little bit in a minute. Yeah, but um, yeah, just from the you know, like five minutes I listened to it, I, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Well, so it. Um, I've been <laughs> listening to it going back and forth to work, and where Tim, <clears throat> my husband, is teaching from home um he hasn't been using the card so like i've just been you know so it connects to my phone instead of connecting to his phone like it normally Mm -hmm. would and so we got in the car one day to go somewhere and uh it connected and it started playing it and normally if we're in the middle of audiobooks we'll turn it off so the other one doesn't have to like listen to something Mm -hmm. in the middle this one i was like oh you're you're just just sit back and enjoy (laughs) and he had never had an experience with jenny lawson before but now he's going to listen to it because he was just dying Um, So, yes, I think we can both say, even though I haven't, I've only listened to five minutes of it, but I am like, thank you. Uh, That part I thought was going to be the funniest part. Oh, 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 just wait. Oh, just wait. Okay. Well, we, no spoilers, but, um, well, there's a chapter where she (laughs) lists ideas that she and her husband and two of their friends uh, came up with um, if they were going to ever be on Shark Tank <laughs> for for products. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, so if you need some laughter in your life, which yeah. I think maybe we all do right now, uh, Jenny Lawson. Yeah, Jenny Lawson, um, broken in the best possible way. But caveat: just know that you'll be laughing really hard, and then she does she does talk about rough stuff, and and it. Yes. So it gets real. So. Yes. Um, but that's kind of nice to it juxtapose. It is nice. Um, her ability to kind of bring humans together in a, just like a celebration of the awkwardness of mm-hmm. humanity is just... Yes, I love that. It's beautiful and wonderful. And it, I think it's, a, it's actually a really nice thing for right now. I mean, it made me feel kind of comforted um, because the world is so divisive right now. It actually was... It, it was a good, like, sort of blanket read. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, and I think also, um, so what I listened to was people sharing their most awkward moments. Yeah, so she had, uh, Jenny had tweeted um, this tweet about something awkward that she did, and then people started responding to it, and it just went viral to the point that the New York Times actually wrote an article about this phenomenon yes this this uh tweet chain of oh shame sharing yes like oh you think you're awkward hang on i got like hold my beer <laughs> well and i think you know i i know for me and I, I i would only guess especially after listening to this for most people that we are we're not as comfortable as other people think we are no and um it all rolls into the anxiety of imposter syndrome and, and all of the, you know, I get so anxious before I do any kind of public thing. And then um, listening to those, I'm like, oh, other people do too. Well, and what, it was, <laughs> what I like is that 
other people then think about these things mm-hmm. that they've done and like just obsess over them because there are moments where I'll say something and then I'm still thinking about it four weeks later. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I said that. Yeah. So Whereas the other person thinks, you know. Yeah, the person I said it to probably didn't even notice that I was an idiot when I said it <laughs> because they probably weren't listening to me to begin with. So it's fine. Yes. <laughs> it all works then. It's okay. okay. Well, okay, for, for something... <laughs> completely different again um so i am i'm taking a a little dip into george saunders see what i did there (laughs) a swim in the pond in the rain um which is his book about it's a master class on um well it is in which four russians give a master class on writing reading and life and so i was lucky enough um to be able to participate in an online masterclass that he did about two months ago just for booksellers. Um, And it was with Chekhov, right? It was with Chekhov, and it was was amazing. And he's just a a wonderful person and a great teacher and such a kind and interesting and thoughtful person. Um, So I'm just kind of dipping into this at this point. Um, I don't mean to keep making this (laughs) but um um, I'm really enjoying it and I can't wait till I have the time to sit down um and really read the whole thing um and it includes the stories you're supposed to be reading and talking about and um yeah it's just it's just as everything he does really well done interesting different um thoughtful all those things. So basically it's um, a collection of short stories by Russian Gen- authors that he includes the short story. And then after you read it, it's you analysis it. yeah. um, and basically why this is a good short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why this is good and why as a writer you should think about these things that you're looking at in this story. And, um, and then in the, the master class that we did, if you wanted to share some of your writing that you had done, you could, or you could do questions with him. And he took the time to answer all of them. I, I was only able to listen because um, I, we had had a busy work at, week at work. <laughs> <laughs> work at week. Yes. And, um, and so I didn't want to miss it, but I, I hadn't written up any questions, mm-hmm. which was um, a lost opportunity on my part. Well, it's basically, um, for those of us who are never going to get to take a class with George Saunders. Well, it's it's only like, what, seven people at a time? Yeah, and I guess like there's a waiting list for like years, basically. So so probably not going to happen, but you know. But but this makes you feel like you're in the classroom with George Saunders. And um, it's uh, for everyone who likes reading The Russians has thought about writing something or has written something at some point um, or just has a great love of literature or or George Saunders, for that or matter. maybe for those who have never actually read The Russians and have always wanted to and maybe... Oh, well, this is a great way to dive in. Yeah, yes. may, like a, a good introduction and kind of... And with the analysis afterwards... Which is wonderful because The Russians can be daunting. Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading The Russians, but it's like Melville. You need a minute and... Mm-hmm. It's also like reading Shakespeare. 
your mind has to get into a different rhythm because the rhythm is very different. The names and the places are not familiar. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yes, I, I definitely would recommend George Saunders' A Swim in the Pond in the Rain. And, and when I've fully, fully finished it, I'll also... <laughs> give an update on what I thought of all of it. But, Very good. Yes. So I just started uh, listening to The Secret Lives of Church Ladies by Disha Filial. Um, I am about 55% of the way through with it, according mm -hmm. to Libro FM. Um, so this was a, it's a collection of short stories, um, and it's put out by West Virginia University Press. So it's kind of a smaller mm -hmm. press. Um, and didn't it, it was up for... The National Book Award? Yeah, National Book yes. Award. And it actually made it to the shortlist for the National Book Award. Um, and it was getting a lot of love in, from reps. Um, lots of people have been talking about mm -hmm. this book. Uh, so it was available for um, booksellers on Libro.fm as an advanced listening copy. So I mm -hmm. decided I would um, dive into it. Um, so it is about black women and girls... Um, kind of subverting the expectations placed on them by religion. Okay. And it explores um, a bunch of different facets of that. Um, so, like, uh, some of the stories I've listened to, so there's um, childhood best friends who are now um, late 30s, early 40s, and they meet it up each year on New Year's Eve, um, and they have an affair with each other basically. Um, but it's only one night of the year and in their regular lives, they are trying to be good church going women looking mm -hmm. for a, a good church going husband practicing, you know, going to Bible study and mm -hmm. all of these things. But, but they've been, they haven't found that person and they find kind of physical comfort in each other. Interesting. Um, and so, so there's that story. Um, there's one that is written as a letter from one sister to another sister, um, and it's talking about the funeral of their father. Um, and their father um, has been at, like an absent father. He has a bunch of children from mm -hmm. a bunch of different mothers the one thing that they have in common is that he's not been present in any of their lives. Um, and so this, this letter is being written by one to a sister that they just found out that they had to let her know that their father has died. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so not really a funny book. No, 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 no. Okay. This, there's not there. It's, it's very, very raw, very emotional. Um, there's mm -hmm. the two, um, people at are, are we in the south or the north or all over the place? Okay, um, it's not centered in. Um, it's, okay, yeah, not in one specific location. Um, there's two um, people who meet at ho like a hospice mm -hmm. um, hospital um, whose mothers are both dying, and they take kind of comfort in each other. Okay, uh, so it's yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, it's really good, um, and, and that's not a great descriptor. Um, it's just um, it 
yeah, that, I mean, like the best. Well, it, it probably captures a part of life that we don't really see. No, it does. Yes, it does do that. Um, like I said, like raw is really kind of the mm-hmm. best descriptor I can okay. come up with for it. Um, I'm just uh, see now. I have I have looked at that book and thought about picking it up, but I, it's not. Um, yeah, I had I had thought it was something different. So yeah, it's it's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, when I decided to listen to it, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I am listening to it. Um, it's, it's really short. Like, mm-hmm. um, at the speed that I'm listening to it, it's like two, a two hour listen basically. Okay. Um, so it's, I, it's I will, just, will, maybe I'll juxtapose that with the Ginny Laws. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it would be good to go back and forth yes. between the two. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, not something not what I expected, but I'm very, very glad that I'm reading it. It's it's one of those kind of walk a walk a mile in someone mm-hmm. else's shoes. Um, you know, one yes. I'm not black, and two I'm not a churchgoer. So, yes, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a different yes. part of life for me. Well, I've I've done I've done my fair time in the church circuit, <laughs> um, especially behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it it sounds really good. Yeah. So looking forward to it, and then. Melissa and I have both been diving into um, Jane Smiley's yeah, Jane's newest book, Perestroika in Paris. Paris. Yes, and um, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's um it's a different story. It's kind of quirky. It is very quirky. Um, the main character. I'm not even sure I'd call Perestroika. I guess Perestroika is the mainest. Character. The mainest. Char- the mainest <laughs> character. Which is funny because she's a horse. <laughs> You are like the queen of puns. <laughs> so Perestroika is a is a racehorse. Um, she is young, mm-hmm. and she's been in a few races and done well. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, but I'm further in. Did I? I no, don't think I so. don't think I did. Oh, my brain. Anyway, the days <laughs> they all blend together. Okay. <laughs> So Perestroika um, one day wanders off. Yeah, she gets out of her stall, stall. unintentionally. And then was like, ooh, yeah. I'm curious. Let's go see the world. Mm-hmm. And she meets, meets up. up with a dog named Frida. Mm-hmm. And Frida used to be attached to, to Jacques. Jacques, who is a homeless man. Um, kind and, of a busker. Yeah, and he has passed away, and so Frida is on her own now, um, trying to make her way in the world. Mm-hmm. But she's a she's a short haired German pointer, I think, mm-hmm. um, and a very handsome dog. And yes, and very street smart. She mm-hmm. knows what she's doing, and very well behaved. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they form a sort of alliance, and then they move to a park area where they. Make friends with Sid and Nancy, <laughs> who are who are a pair of ducks, mallards to be precise. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there's also a raven na- named Raoul. Yes, <laughs> Raoul. And um, and then they all meet up with a few different people, really, along the way. And um, yeah, I I I. I, I can't wait to see where it all goes in the Yeah, end. we're both about halfway through. We're actually right at the, the same, same part. point. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, it's unclear exactly where the story is going at this point, but it's mm-hmm. just like a it really like quirky is the best way to describe it. It's just these 
these animals kind of... It's like Hollow Kingdom, except without the environmentalism and without the zombies. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> just yes. like that. <laughs> and in a different country. So really nothing like that, except there is a narrator that's uh, um, an animal. It's The animal kingdom is... Uh, a narrator in Hollow Kingdom. I'm not sure whether I've ever talked about Hollow Kingdom on the podcast. I think uh, I may have yeah, at the did. very beginning. Yeah. Love that book. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so this one uh, is... Well, it's, it's, it's a really interesting read, and it is quirky, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we will be talking with Jane Smiley. Yes, as part of the Savannah Book Festival's virtual event series that they're doing. So it will be Jessica and I in conversation with Jane Smiley um, on the 21st. On the 21st, Yeah, next week. Um, And And we'll definitely have finished by then. Yes. (laughs) Yes, and Jane Smiley is fascinating, but we're not going to put all that out there because... um, because we want to save it for the book festival. Yeah, for that event. Um, but yeah, um, so that's coming up. Um, I just have a couple other things that I just want to kind of throw out really quickly. I am in the middle of reading A Promised Land by Barack Obama, mm-hmm. and I will say <laughs> I picked it up to self-soothe because I just needed to read so I. I know some of you all may not have the same political opinions as myself, which is fine. Um, I just wanted to read something by a president of the United States that um, was complete sentences and not put out on Twitter. So, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> um, so, so regardless of political opinions, um, I'm I'm very much enjoying his analysis of um, his political career. Uh, At the point that I am, he has just um, won the Democratic nomination Mm -hmm. for his first term of presidency. So... um, Ah, yes, I remember it well. Yes, me too. Um, But it's it's interesting to get sort of a behind-the-scenes look at it and to get... um, a look at what um, his wife's opinion was on Mm -hmm. his political career early on and, and how it affected their relationship and how it affected their children. And um, just him talking about the people that have worked on his campaigns and did you read Becoming? I did not read Becoming. So I'm interested because I I did read Becoming or I listened to it and I I highly recommend listening to it because Michelle Obama reads it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would like to, Oh, I wonder if he's going to read his audio book. He does read his, his audio book. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally listening to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to juxtapose the two from, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, the, um, from what I've heard actually of people listening to the audiobook, the audiobook is supposed to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he makes you feel like he, he's just ha- sitting down and having a conversation, conversation. with you, which, um, you know, yes, oh, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> And the last thing um, is something... Com- maybe maybe he's listening. Maybe he's one of the 38. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, if you are, just know that I love you. Um, and not in a creepy way. <laughs> um, so the last thing is, um, is something completely different. Um, 
I don't read a ton of young adult books, mm-hmm. but when I do, I go I go hardcore for the cheese <laughs> because I cannot help myself. Um, and I also really, really love me some cheesy holiday movies. Mm-hmm. So this um, this past Christmas on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. there was a series adaptation of Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been wanting to read this for a really long time, actually, because... Um, it's written by Rachel Kahn and David Levithan, and they are the authors of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, right. which I loved. I loved the movie. I loved the book. I loved, mm-hmm. like, everything. I didn't, a side note, I didn't realize that David Levithan was an editor at Scholastic. So, um... <laughs> for Book Expo every year, um, when they were doing Book Expo, um, one of the things they did for independent booksellers was this meet the editors thing. Yes. So you could sign up to do this, and they would um, assign you to a specific publisher, and you would go to that publishing house, and you get mm-hmm. to see the offices, and you'd get to meet editors, and they would talk to you about the editing process and books that yes. were coming out, and it was really cool. And I got to go to Scholastic, which was amazing. Like, it was just firing on all cylinders for me Mm -hmm. because I'm a nerd. And um, they had just gotten done um, renovating their office Mm -hmm. space, and it was beautiful and wonderful. And so standing in this conference room, and I don't do good with making small talk with people I don't know, so I tend to just kind of stand on the outside and... You know, if someone comes up and talks to me, I can function like a normal human, but I don't go and search people out. (laughs) So anyway, this really lovely guy came up and was talking to me and we were talking about art and gallery openings and blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. And it was David Levithan. And I'm really (laughs) glad I didn't realize it was him until after we sat down at the table and he started, you know, doing a presentation Mm -hmm. because I would have been... Stupid, <laughs> like beyond dumb. Oh, you would have had one of those moments like I had with uh, Ruth Reichel. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, Boy, that was not pretty. Yeah, no, it was not your finest moment. No, I think when I knocked over the sign, that was really the that was really the high point yeah. of that experience. But anyway, digress. Um, so I actually read the. There's three books in this series, and they're mm-hmm. they're very short. Um, but I actually read all three of them. Um. And they're very, very cute. Um, They're all set at Christmas, um, Mm -hmm. even though there's kind of like a year in between each one. Um, And they're very bookish. Um, Like the first one, the whole idea is there's this girl named Lily and she is sort of quirky and weird and she doesn't really fit in and (laughs) why would there be a character like that why would there be (laughs) um and she loves christmas and loves christmas with her family and her mom and dad aren't there to spend christmas with her and her brother this year they are going to fiji for their like honeymoon that they never had right so Always a mistake at Christmas time. Yeah, not a good idea. But so she's kind of in a mood. And so her brother and his boyfriend um, decide that they're going to help her and give her sort of like this project. And so they put um, like these riddles in a notebook and Mm -hmm. they hide the notebook um, at the Strand mm-hmm. in the section with J.D. Salinger's books. Yeah. So it's this red moleskin notebook that's just kind of shoved on the shelf. 
so high school. I know, it really is. Um, but it's so cute. I and mean, it's something I totally would have done in high school, right? <laughs> so so she puts it on the on the shelf and it's it's there waiting for someone to mm-hmm. find it. And so Dash, short for Dashel, like Dashel Hammett. Mm-hmm. Dash finds the notebook because he likes to troll the Salinger section. Of course he does. Like any dreamy bookish. Oh, yeah. 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 So so he picks up the notebook Mm -hmm. and he starts filling out, like solving the riddles. And so they begin this relationship where it's like the, they get each other to do things and um, explore the city of New York mm-hmm. around. And she's ba- like, she's trying to get him to like Christmas because he detests Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to get her to come out of her shell and, and experience the world. It, yes, exactly. And it's very, very cute. And it's very, very tropey. And it's all the things that you expect oh. it to be if they've made a holiday series out of it on netflix and i i do not feel bad about it <laughs> no nor should you <laughs> i i listen my little scottish cozy series that yeah. i love i just i'm gonna fess up right now <laughs> i went ahead and ordered two copies of each of them because i keep selling them too fast and then they're not there because <laughs> right now we're all going through this world that we're in together and um i think the stress levels are higher than we realize and um i have people like me who will say i just want to read something that just it's just it's just there and good and reassuring yeah it's it's escapist Mm -hmm. again though even though well written yeah you know not stupid like i mean it's cute and a little saccharine sometimes but it's not dumb and that that's just i just wanted to you know yes chill out and just read something fun and (laughs) escape yes Yes. absolutely highly highly recommend um dash and lily's book of dares if you just want something cute and fun um actually i recommend all the books that rachel Kahn and david levithan have written together um they're all just charming and charming yes exactly that's it yeah all right. Well, now we'd like to welcome Melissa, who is a our Simon and Schuster rep, and she's going to talk about some books that she's super excited uh, for on their spring twenty one list. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a great spring list. I think that I mean I think everyone does, but um, I work at Simon and Schuster, so I think it's extra great. But um, I'm going to chime in and, and actually, you do have some really good stuff on your spring list this this time. Yeah, around. I mean I don't want to thank the pandemic, but because things moved around a little bit, it really shifted priorities and get gave different books different opportunities to really shine and get more attention um, when they otherwise would have been crowded in that in that fall season so it was really special in that yeah it's made me actually really excited for the spring list for everybody like there's a lot of good stuff coming out Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um so the first one is one that just came out on tuesday and that's what could be saved uh this is a really fantastic fiction story and it's told in kind of two different narratives one in present day DC and one in 1970s Bangkok um and it's a story of this american family um living in bangkok and their son goes missing and then in present day this guy shows up and kind of comes back into their life and he says he's that missing brother that missing son um and so together they sort of piece what happened how he went missing and you know how their family sort of tore, it tore them apart and then the 
secrets and relationships that were built and broken around his disappearance. Um, so it's just a really powerful story. I think there's going to be some good book club opportunities and things like that. And I think a really interesting part of the story is um, it discusses how problematic white people can be in other cultures mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, there's, there, it takes different point of views from like a Vietnamese servant or things like that. Um, and it portrays how insensitive um white people, especially Americans, can be in those cultures. So it's a really, there's a lot of layers to it and some are unexpected in that way. So I think there's going to be a lot of good conversation from it and it's just, just really beautifully told. So I think it's got a lot of great things going for it. Does it have sort of a colonialism theme or, a, and you know, how? A little bit. Like, I think it's got... It's got a little bit of that for sure. Um, but I mean, at the story, it's just another spin on that, like what actually is an American family, you know, where it's like, we like to have different definitions of that in, in our in our world. And especially when that American family's in a different place mm-hmm. and then coming back and just the different portrayals of, of the American family, different sides of it, I think is really interesting. That sounds really good. Yeah, it does sound. Yes, okay. Yeah, and it's it's gotten a lot of love already. Like it's an indie next pick. Um, so there's been a lot of support uh, for it. So we're really excited about this launch. I think it's really fantastic. All right. Okay. And then next um, is coming out on the 26th of January. So pretty soon. And this is Faye Far Away by Helen Fisher. It's a debut. And it's one of those books. It it just makes you feel everything. Like you laugh, you cry, (laughs) you just, you like feel broken inside. It's really emotionally gripping in that way. Um, And at its heart, it's really about like loss because the main character, she lost her mother when she was very young because she grew up without her mother. Um, but then she now has a you know, family of her own and she accidentally is transported into the past and she gets to meet her, her mother who she never got to know and really get to know her. And her mother doesn't know who she is, doesn't know that she's her daughter, but she actually gets to like know who this woman is and get to know her in a way that she always wanted. Um, so just anyone who's ever experienced loss will just like get this book on another level um but then she has to sort of make that decision about whether or not she comes back to her life or or stays with her mother in the past so really really emotionally gripping sort of story and we got a great support blurb from the queen of time travel diana gabaldon which always really just solidifies it a little bit more but definitely she doesn't mess around no No, she does not she was at our book festival in savannah a few years ago (laughs) And um, yes, the speech she gave was amazing and perfect. And anybody who asks questions who ha- obviously hadn't read the books, right. who had only watched the show, she's like, oh, well, you would know that if you read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. So she's oh, so great. She's such a queen. I love it. She's fantastic. Well, yeah. this book sounds like an Annie book. Oh yeah. We yeah. have a, our, um, events manager, Annie, um, she loves, um, books where people die, books with all the feels, books <laughs> yeah. with that, yeah, fact, that's me. a couple of shelf talkers on her books that are like all the feels. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I was had to write like an employee bio of myself for everyone, for the sales team. And mm-hmm. in my bio, I literally was like the sadder better when it comes to fiction like that. That's <laughs> my sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the sadder, the better. Um, <laughs> the next one is uh, Dark Horses by Susan Milak. And uh, this is another really fantastic um, debut. Uh, one of those, it's a polarizing book. It's going to be you love it or you hate it. And when I've pitched it to people and talked to people about it, 
it's either like, oh, I need that cop, that book for myself, or it's, oh, I need, I don't want that, but I know someone that wants that. It's like that <laughs> kind of story. Um, it's, it's really arresting. It takes place in Virginia horse country. Um, and it follows 15 year old woman who is um, on the Olympic equestrian track. And she is coached by her father who is very strict and he expects obedience and loyalty. Um, and it's sort of slowly revealed that he is actually abusing her. He is molesting her. Um, but it's not glorified or written for shock value. It really is, you know, very deeply written and very emotionally connective. And she knows and she knows that it, she doesn't like it, but she also doesn't quite realize that it's, that it's wrong because it's all she's ever known. And it isn't until she... Um, meet someone who's completely outside of her world that she um, that she realizes what's happening to her isn't right and that she needs to try to find a way to to get out of her situation. Um, so it's a really powerful story and and really at its heart it's you know about um, this coming age story of how resilient women are and how they can go through so much and still make it through. Um, so it's just a really powerful story, great coming of age story. Um, that I'm just completely uh, obsessed with. And the author actually worked in equine therapy. So it's not like something she personally experienced, but it's an amalgamation of everything that she like heard while she was doing the therapy. So it's a really interesting backstory to just this riveting, heart-wrenching, but wonderful, wonderful story. But yeah, that one that one comes out in February 16th. And yeah, it's not for everyone, but it is, it's incredibly told. Yeah. I mean, that one sounds rough, but um, it actually kind of uh, made me think of My Dark Vanessa, which again, that book is just beautifully written. And I, I loved it in spite of how dark it was um yes. so yeah I, I i i hesitate to be like oh i'm excited to read this because yeah. that just sounds creepy but i'm actually yes. excited to read this i know absolutely I, uh, yeah i i tend to avoid books like that but um but i may jump in i think the last one i read oh, i'm blanking on the name of it was a few years ago oh was it my absolute darling my absolute darling yes I yeah have, this is great for those readers yeah yeah okay, okay. Yeah, my absolute darling, my dark Vanessa, and then like the recent Valentine, like it's like those sort of stories that like, mm-hmm. yes, they are hard to read, but in the end, they are like, hard to read. You, yeah, you know, you don't regret it for it's like beauty and it's what it has to say in the end. Yeah. And then next, uh, coming out on April 20th, is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. Um, and this is really interesting. It's sort of this oral um, history, fictional oral history of a um, rock and roll duo with a sort of enigmatic, uh, enigmatic black female artist and this white British folk singer kind of together in 1970s New York and the sort of like Afro-funk band. Um, and it's very J- yeah. Daisy Jones and <laughs> yeah. this in the six kind of um, yeah. kind of vibe to it but with a little bit more like meat to it, I think. Um, you know, and it really kind of focuses on, they're looking at potentially doing a reunion, a revival tour in modern day in this present. And they're looking back at their time in the seventies and their time in the seventies when this rival band, um, like raised a Confederate flag and the bull protest that she had after that happened. Um, so it's really like a rich imagination though. Obviously it takes place in the 1970s. It feels very relevant to the world that we're living in today. Um, and it feels, it's one of those stories that like, though it feels like um it feels like nonfiction, even though it's fiction like it, it feels very authentic in that way so we've this is another one we've had a ton of love for in-house um that I think is going to be really special and it, it's it's kind of written in that interview style too so it's very I, compulsive in that way 
So it's like um, nothing famous, uh, uh, almost famous, almost famous, or rolling yes. stone, or yes, yeah, right, that, right. That, yeah, that, that, that's my sweet spot. Yeah, <laughs> but we have two two arcs of that on the shelf. I know exactly where they are. Yay! So, um, yes, <laughs> gonna be hit, gonna be hitting that one. Up. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's really, I have to fight over it. So. <laughs> yeah, right. You got you both covered. So perfect. <laughs> And then next is um, The Girls Are Also Nice Here. And this comes out on March 9th by Lori Elizabeth Flynn. And this is her adult debut. She's written some YA stuff that I, I loved and, and read. Um, but this is kind of a new direction for her. And it really, like, she belongs here. Like, once you read it, you're like, this is where she belongs. Um, but it's kind of a I know what you did last summer sort of thriller um, where it's written in uh, kind of in those dual narratives, again, where her when her freshman year of college and then her now in college reunion and she gets this sort of invitation with a, a note that says it's time to talk about what you did mm-hmm. um and kind of flashback and it's this really interesting look at um the complexities of female friendship and trying to fit in even if it doesn't quite like sit right with your person but you're trying you just want so desperately to fill it to fit in and mm-hmm. she has this really interesting way of just being in your face in a fantastic way um and I just, I love those sort of that make you uncomfortable or make you uh, like reanalyze the things that you already ha- thought had in your head sort of sort of narrative, but still it being like a propulsive thriller that you want to find out the mystery and you want to like figure out what's happening before. I, I am terrible at predicting endings. Like I'm not going to lie and say that I'm good at it, um, but this one definitely has like a lot of great twists and, ter- twists and terms that even if you are good at doing that, um, you, there are going to be some unexpected things that happen, but it's just a ton of fun. And this is another one that has had just a lot of love in-house like there's a lot of good support that's like this book is special and let's make it happen because it's it's a really fantastic thriller it's it's one of those genres that I don't read that often but then when I read one I'm like why don't I read these more often yes yes I'm exactly the same way (laughs) yes um and then I have a couple YA I mean I I love adult fiction but like YA is where my soul is (laughs) We, we need to introduce you to Annie. You two need to hang out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're all allowed to go places again. We'll make sure to bring her. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, whenever that may be. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, but the it, the first one I want to talk about is a complicated love story set in space. And this is by Sean David Hutchinson. It comes out next week. <laughs> Sorry, we're both like, ooh. <laughs> Yes, um, it's so good. And he's one of my favorite authors. And he definitely is, um, he's got a cult following, but he's one of those writers that I think, uh, maybe just because he's my favorite, but also because he's so good that he's under the radar, but deserves more attention. Like he's one of those authors that he's been writing, I think, some of the best stuff in YA for years and just isn't quite at the level that some of the other people pop off. Um, But this is, uh, it's, he has a really incredible way of blending the real with the surreal. Um, and so this follows three people, Noah, DJ, and Jenny, and they're stuck in space with no idea how they got there and no idea how to get back home. They just remember going back to sleep and then they wake up and they're on a spaceship and like, it's about to explode and they need to stop it from exploding. Like um, you do. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know, like we've all been there. Yeah. And, um, but while they try to do it, you know, Noah and DJ, um, you know, try to move past their own personal traumas and fall in love. Um, and he, while he was writing it, John F. Hodgson said that it almost broke him multiple times and it almost broke me while reading it, <laughs> uh, but it's 100% worth it. It's like Black Mirror meets What If It's Us and it's really ambitious and unique and heartbreaking and it just completely knocks your socks off. And it talks about um, a trauma that I don't 
think is really ever talked about in YA very much, and that's male sexual assault. But mm-hmm. it does it in such a um, powerful and moving and approachable way. Like it's it's because, like I said, he has this great way way of blending the real and the surreal. So it's not like a social issues only book. It's fantastical, but it's got some of those really intense moments at the same time. It really he just totally knocks my socks off every time he publishes a book. Excellent. That's good. And uh, we love stories that are. Uh, characters who have real real life problems but yeah. the story isn't about the real life problem absolutely yes yeah, because that's more like real life <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly is um a dark and hollow star by ashley shuttleworth this comes out in on february 23rd and this is the start of a new um, urban fantasy series. And it's like perfect for fans of like The Cruel Prince and Sarah J Mass. And it's just like a total badass story. And it's um, it's Faye and it follows this um, half Faye, half human character. And she uh, basically at the beginning of the novel is put in front of this council. And they're like, if you don't start showing Faye powers in the next year, we're going to ostracize you from the world. And that includes like not having any contact with her mother or her cousin, because uh, she's kind of been living these two lives between these two worlds. Um, and so she's like, okay, we'll I have to start storing some sort of magic. And how do you even do that? You know, that's not really a thing you have control over. But then this sort of serial killer starts showing up and is killing Faye and is starting to threaten exposing the Faye world to the human world. And she kind of teams up with this ex-Fury to figure out what is going on. And of course, this is great, like LGBTQ romance angle to it as well. It is just like totally action-packed. And I think it's it's just really special and it's going to read a lot of different readers in that way. But it's another one that I think is going to have like a rabid audience for. And when the cover was revealed on social media, everyone was like, yes, like I need this book <laughs> in my life sort of sort of reaction to it because is you, it just is screams like I need to read okay. it. Yeah, the last one obviously is, is Infinite Country. Um, yes. I mean, this, you guys read it. It's a beautiful story and you know, it's, again, another story of, of a broken family through immigration, which I think is not as much talked about. Like, we all, the word immigration is just like a part of our language now and is brought up, but we, we often need to remember that that affects people. And, and we don't think about the fracturing of families where some people are in one country and one, some people are in America and trying to fight to survive. And, and it's so beautifully told the way she, she kind of bounces around this family story mm-hmm. and, um, we all love it in-house. It was a huge um, love from the indie team in particular. It's got a lot of love from indie booksellers. I just, it's really special. And the cover is, is phenomenal too. Oh, the cover yes. is gorgeous. Cover, like and, with the shimmery and uh, yeah. Well, and as you read it, you know, the the mythology and um, the significance of the cover is revealed. And I think yes. that's a nice touch. So um you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. She's a beautiful, in fact, Melissa and I both, um, i I have mine because this is my house, but um, <laughs> but we both bookmarked um, different passages that we thought were really just, just beautiful yeah. writing. I did and, the same um, thing. Yes. Okay. What was your favorite? Um, I used to like. I used to love to mark passages. Like I still do, but recently I felt like I haven't been able to. Like I just haven't been compelled to. Um, but this book, I needed to. I needed to. I needed to flag these pages. Like it's got sort of reaction to it. Um, that I just, I had to flag these and I was like, I have to read these people. I read it out loud to my husband. I was like, yo, this line, like I need to tell you about it. I guess it's because it rings true and she puts it so beautifully that you can share 
you know, it's a shared experience, even if you're from in different worlds and from different worlds and places. Oh, here, this is mine. Yeah, right here. Um, where it says, what, it, what was it about this country that kept everyone hostage to its fantasy? Um, the previous month on its own soil, an American man went to his job at a plant and gunned down 14 co-workers. And last spring alone, there were four different school shootings, a nation at war with itself, yet people still spoke of it as some kind of paradise. Like, I, oh my God, that broke my I, heart. Yeah. I flagged it too. I flagged it too. Yeah. Yep. Such a powerful line. Well, I think it's always interesting to read a book that tells a story from within and from without this country, because I think we're so insular, we don't see ourselves as the rest of the world sees us. And this, I thought, was especially, like, it's especially powerful because it's such a slim volume. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yes, it's yeah. less than 200 pages. Um, but it tells the story from a family that has partially illegal family members and, you know, partially American citizens. Like there's the two children that are actual American citizens. And then Mm -hmm. you've got the older sister who is undocumented. And it's just how within the one family they're, they're, even though they're together, they're separate. It's, it's, there's just a lot happening in it. And I keep wanting to say to the older daughter, I'm like, are you a dreamer? Have you signed up for that? Or but she talks it, about it and talks maybe. about how she was concerned about doing it because then they'd have all her information and know where to find her. And yeah, yeah, that fear of, yeah. you know, because of her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I felt the same way and how, and it also just really beautifully and elegantly talks about how time gets away from us like I think that that's such a huge part of the story too where it's like she always intended to bring her daughter back you know after a couple of years and then it would all be okay but then a couple of years turned into almost you know a decade a decade and a half and and how you you have a plan for yourself and it never is going to be the plan that you end up having like I just thought that was another really powerful message that I wasn't expecting that just came through as well Mm -hmm. and there are just so many great like quotes about being a woman too Mm -hmm. and especially the mother who experienced something so horrific um you know because of her status and again he was he assaulted her because he was like you're not gonna tell anyone because you don't have any power in the situation because you're undocumented and like one of my favorite quotes, I have like three, but was people say drugs and alcohol are the greatest oh, that's mine. of narcotics. <laughs> that's, that's yes. totally the one I'm <laughs> The elements most likely to ruin a life. It's wrong. It's love. Like it's that same thing where it's like, yeah, here, just, here it is right there. <laughs> like, I mean, they're just, it's so incredible the way that it, it just gets you in so many different layers. It, it was it's fantastic. Yeah. I, um, there, yeah, they're definitely, I mean, this is a book I might reread just to catch a little more of the subtleties that are in here. Yeah. At first I was a little thrown where the narration changed and it went to first person. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, and then I was like, Oh, it's brilliant. Like I, it was just, it was so good. It was good. (laughs) So I also like the part where she gets the ride with the boy on the motorcycle. Yes. And they talk about, he talks about how, you know, you, you say you want to leave here, but when you leave, you'll always be other. And this is yeah. really your home. And um, yeah, I just, 
I think that we don't often think of the sadness of immigrants who are escaping either poverty or war or other things about losing their home. We always look, oh, you're so lucky to be here. But, you know, they left something they loved behind. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all misery. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for picking it because it it, it probably isn't one that I would have picked up on my own, even though like I was fascinated by the cover of it. Like when we got the arcs in, I was like, oh, that's really really cool looking but yeah it just it was under the radar and I wouldn't have picked it up and yeah it was just, it was beautiful thank you yes <laughs> absolutely and once you read that first line though it was her idea to tie up the nun it's a yeah. great first line it cool. very good <laughs> it's, it's almost up there with towers of trebizond yeah. <laughs> aunt dot asked me to hold her camel <laughs> as she got off to go to mass <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah it was a great first it, line yes I know we've um, actually through this series of talking with our reps, Melissa and I have discovered some books that we might not have read that um, we were sort of forced to read. Um, that in the best possible in the way, forced to read, <laughs> not in a bad way. Um, that we've ended up really loving. Yeah, yeah, so. it's been it's been really good. It's um, it's nice to uh, like because I know you guys do sales calls and you talk about all the like the books on your list and everything, but it's nice to get to read ones that you guys are actually really passionate about things that you think that we should read. And uh, yeah, it's been yes, great. It really <laughs> has been. I mean, the thing about books is that there's so many of them. Like, oh, yeah. you, you're never going to have enough time to read every book that you ever want to read. It and breaks that's, my heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's heartbreaking and thrilling at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so like having to be like, oh, this is my assignment and not and like hor- homework in a, in a pleasurable way. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> really lets you to, to branch out and, and read things that you aren't expecting to read. And when I happen, that happens to me, but this is another one that like, I think it's, this is kind of the book that like, I think sounds really good, but like, would I ever get to it sort of story? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I picked it up, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is, this is a good, like, this is a book. This is yeah. <laughs> not a, not a good tier. <laughs> I read a hundred and, um, probably 120 pages just all in one go because yeah. I just couldn't stop. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'll just read one more chapter. <laughs> well, and the chapters are really short. So mm-hmm. it just, yes, like yeah. it just flows really quickly. Like, and it does, the, there's not a drag in it anywhere. No, like, there yeah, it's just, there's no dead space, which yeah. is well done for her and her editor. Like, well, I mean, it, I guess if you're under 200 pages, you can't have dead space. No, <laughs> right. Every sentence <laughs> needs to matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real gift, though. I mean, I think that's a, a, a yes. good writer when they can... When you can write that beautifully and <laughs> concisely, that's, yeah. We just finished oh, reading absolutely. Melville for one of our book groups. Um, yeah, Melville did not have that gift. No, 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 that's not, that's not where he excels. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was delightful to talk with you and, yeah. and to see you. Yes, <laughs> yes, hi. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've run out of time today. Yeah, I think that's all we have. Um, so you may have noticed by the dazzling new introduction to this podcast <laughs> that we're going to be a little more professional and take this a little more seriously. Sort okay. of. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's still going to be this. Uh, yeah, it's still going to be this, but maybe a little more organized and um, yes. a little more regular. A little more regular. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but thank you for hanging in there with us mm-hmm. and, uh, sorry, we we're sporadic over the holidays, but we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yes. Oh, who do we have a new, I don't think we have a guest next time. I think we're, it's just going to be okay. you and me. Um, 
We but do have Penguin coming up at some point. Yeah, we do have um, our Penguin rep coming on. I th- I'm pretty sure that's in February at some point. But. Speaking of being more organized, we will definitely get that information out to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much. Be well. Read Happy the books. Happy reading. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye.